thank you for joining the second Performance Insight session. This is, tonight's about managing rest and recovery. Probably be, be about half an hour, I guess, depends on questions. Um, it's quite a lot of content. Um, some of the things might be a little bit technical or new. So I'll sort of go for it as slow as I can. And then if we run out of time or Zoom kicks us off, we can carry on um, and go into a bit more depth, uh, either face-to-face -face or um, at, the, at the training camp. So plan on sort of covering three, three topics this evening. Why is rest and recovery important? And I think, you know, looking around and speaking to some of you guys and girls today, you know, we've had, you're, you're either in the middle of a heavy block, you've had an end of a heavy day. So I think we just need to, you know, make sure we don't sort of try to drive ourselves into the gown. So we're going to take a look about how we, how we pick up stress, how our body adapts, and how we, we can be a little bit more intelligent of how we uh, ease off where we need to. The second one is, you know, once we know how our bodies and we can measure our bodies, uh, we'll take a look at, you know, look at the training plans that you're getting and, and really to give you some guidance on, on when you should really go hard, but more importantly, when you should sort of take it, take it easy. Uh, and the last one is um, we'll just summarise with a couple of ways we can measure it. And if you're interested, we can explain some of the metrics that we use in training peaks. But uh, again, if we run out of time, uh, we'll just cover the first sort of two, two areas, yeah? Okay, yep. so why is rest and recovery important? Well, I think, you know, the first thing I want to sort of make it really, really clear, and this is something that took me a while to understand is, you know, we build up stress and fatigue, not only when we're training, but we also um, accumulating stress and fatigue for our daily lives. So, you know, um, trying to balance work, trying to balance family, if you've been traveling, if you've got young family, if you've got new puppies, you've got cats that are getting you up early in the day, now, all of those things are sort of hitting our body, our nervous system, our immune system 24 hours a day. And, you know, training is, is additive to that. So we've got to make sure that we understand that sometimes when we don't, may not feel ready and pep and, and full, of, full of energy, it could be something else that's going on in your lifestyle as well. And the other one is injury. You know, if you've got an injury, I know some of you have, have, have had COVID, some of you have had some chesty costs, some of you got injured. So all of those things, we've got to sort of bring that up in, in, into the round. And, and they, they, they impact us in slightly different ways, yeah? So if I sort of said to you, what would be some of the sort of markers or indicators that you knew that you was getting stressed? What, what, would, you, what would you think would, would be in, in that bucket? Lack of sleep. Yep. Lack of sleep, definitely. Irritable. <laughs> yeah. Just feeling yeah. yeah, mood. I think that you know the way that you just feel, you know, mood-wise is a is a factor. So, some some people uh, lose appetite. That's a, another sign, you know. And there are some other things that we'll we'll come back to. Like you can start looking at your heart rate. Um, it, it it can either be going up too high if you're getting stressed or worried about something, or actually, you know, if you're chronically fatigued. You can actually struggle to get your heart rate up as well. That's a, an, another signal that you might be over over tra training. Um, so there are some symptoms that you probably all all sort of experienced in life and in general. But if we look at what what's happening more around training specifically, and 
but you can use this same analogy for um, for life stresses as well. So um, I know we've got an architect on the uh, on the call, and we've got a, a doctor on the call. So uh, keep me honest here. So I'm going to use an analogy that's from from engineering uh, around load, stress, and strain. Okay, and I, I, I just use this to explain what's going on when we're looking at the training dosage, training response, and then how we should recover. So, so if you imagine that you've got a workout to do, uh, a structure set, and let's say I said to you, right, I'd like you to hold 20, 200 watts on, on Zwift. That's the load that we're, that's the dosage of, of load that we prescribe based on your individual training plan uh, and where we are in the, in the block. Um, how long you do that 200 watts for, is really the stress that you're putting on your body. And stress is not constant, stress changes as you go through, through the duration. So if you started off uh, you know, 200 watts for the first half an hour, you, your body might go, yeah, this is really, really good. Your heart rate's looking great. By the second hour or the third hour, if it's a longer, some things will be changing. So your stress is really the dosage, the load, plus the intensity. Yeah. And if you think about if that was a, a piece of wood that, that, that had a physical load on it, there'd be a certain structural, you know, properties of, of, of that, that, uh, that beam that it could handle a certain amount of stress. If you keep putting that load on it and move to the bottom of the picture, then, you know, that beam may start to flux a bit. And, and that's really the strain. That's how our body is responding to the stress, the load over time. Does that sort of make makes sense that that analogy yep yeah yeah now clearly if that was a, a real beam um we can put a certain amount of stress and if we took the load away the 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 the, the beam may come back to normal if we keep pushing that beam what happens it's going to break isn't it and and what we're trying to make sure is that we measure in strain you're aware of strain so that we're always coming back to this sort of optimum or homeostasis view where, where your body can actually adapt. Um, and if we get that intensity right, you should be able to do the sets. But what I can't see and what I don't know is what else is going on in your lives. So you've also got to be aware of all the other things that are causing stress on the body so that you can sort of make your own, your own choices when it comes to, um, you know, easing off or, 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 um, uh, or, or, or going through the set. Um, now, there is a, a, a way, and this is going to get into a bit of science here, but I think I, I, I won't spend too long it, but the body's got a, a really nice way of regulating um, how it responds to strain. Um, and there's a thing called the autonomic nervous system. So this is a part of the body that really controls the, you know, automatically controls things like your heart rate, like your digestion, and there's two halves to this autonomic system. One is associated with the sympathetic activity. So this is called the fight or flight. So these are things that, that you know, are quite primitive. If you was being chased by a, an animal, this thing would kick in, you get a rush of adrenaline, your heart rate would go up and you just get that spurt of energy. You just be able to run to safety. So that's just sympathetic, yeah? And that's normally a high stress response. You're, building up information in the body and there's some things here on the side that you can see elevated levels of adrenaline cortisone um, and then on the opposite side there's the parasympathetic part of your nervous system 
which is about rest and digest. And these are things that make you a bit more calm. Uh, they're reducing some hormones, they're, they're producing hormones like, like melatonin that helps you sleep. And, and this is about reducing your, your, um, uh, your heart rate and making you feel a lot more, a lot more calm. Yeah. Now we can sort of play around with these and, you know, Helen was a little bit of a guinea pig this morning on Zwift in that, that um, breathing out is a parasympathetic activity. So if you're trying to get your heart rate down for short periods of time after a high intensity, if you do some, you know, slow breaths out, you'll actually see your, your heartbeat come down. Uh, I mean, Helen, did, did you see that when we was playing around with that this morning? Uh, yeah, I did. And um, it was really quite interesting. But I was I was glad I kind of um, eventually knew what I was doing because I, I was... So Tony had, had suggested that I take, um, I can't remember exactly what you said, but I was taking big breaths in and big breaths out. But what you do is you take your normal breath in and it's that breath out that you prolong. Um, but you only do it for short um, moments of time after like a high intensity or something. And my, my beats per minute are normally up kind of high 140 150 and it went down to kind of mid 130s so yeah there was a significant difference in a very short space of time yeah and this is where so you know you're you're you may have heard people done you know um, controlled breathing or meditative breathing you know holding your breath is typically a sympathetic sort of response and you your heart rate will go up but a, a breath out uh, control breath out will actually bring it down. So sometimes that's why if people get panic attacks, they give them a bag and and they they they, they use the breath control to actually bring that down. So I, I, it's something that I do if I'm if I'm really struggling on a set uh, between those sort of thirty seconds on, thirty seconds off. You can just play around with your breath, and it will significantly bring your heart rate down. So it's just something you can play with when you when you're next sort of on on the turbo. Um, now, there is a way other than playing around with your breath control and Zwift that we can actually measure our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And some of you may have heard of heart rate variability. I know a lot of the, the sort of new modern sports watches have. So anyone, well, let's show hand or just, just, has anyone come across HRV, heart rate variability before? Yeah, my fancy watch has it sort of thing yeah. so yeah it's just the interval between your heartbeats and things that's an indication of your kind of stress really thanks thanks Louis. so what what hrv is and it, it's um you've got to get your head around it because normally a low heart rate is good it means we're fit heart rate availability it's the times between each beat yeah so if you think about it in 60 seconds your heart doesn't beat once every second on the second yeah um, there are fluctuations in that. So, you know, the first one might be 0.7, second one might be 1.2, third one might be 0.8. And actually a high variability in the time between these beats is actually a good sign. It shows that the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems are actually working together to actually make that, 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 that shift. It's when there's less variability that it's an indicator that you might be overstressed under recovered and as louise says a lot of the new watches now can actually start to predict these you know if you've got a garmin i think they call it body battery if you've got an apple watch it will remember hrv um, there are other devices and apps now where you can actually wake up in the morning and 
put your finger on on the back of your iPhone and it starts to measure HRV. <clears throat> and if you've not used it, certainly when you're doing big blocks of training um, and are looking for another way to sort of just understand, are you ready to train or not? I would highly recommend, you know, you can download a, an app. There's a, a very good one called HRV for training, which works with an iPhone and you record every morning uh, when you wake up and over a, a three or four days, it starts to build up a profile. Uh, and it also asks you some other subjective questions around your mood, uh, your sleep, and it's pretty accurate. And, and it will give you a recovery status, you know, typically, you know, you know red, amber, green. Um, so, so, you know, have a look at it. Your watches might do it anyway. Um, but if, if not, you know, have a look at that HRV for training app. Uh, they are, are very, very good. Um, now, because this is a good measure of how, how much strain our body has taken and how well recovered we, we may or may not be, um, the good news is there are some things and factors that we can do, some modalities and disciplines, we can actually improve our HRV. So if we measure it in the morning, say, oh, it's really, really low. You know, uh, typically these things on the chart here are things that will have a big, big impact on, on HRV score. So, so the biggest one that I found is, is sleep. Uh, and that's really the quality as well as the quantity of sleep. So there are some, you know, some um, sleep hygiene rituals that I've been doing for, for many years that I think really help. You know, going to bed and waking up at the same time seven days a week is, 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 is an obvious one. Your body starts to regulate its own circadian rhythm. The body then starts to get into a routine and, and you know, that will obviously help with the, depends what time you go to bed and wake up, but it can actually help with the quality of sleep as well. The other, the other few things that, 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 that I'd always uh, recommend is make sure that your, your bedroom is very cool, dark, noise-free, because that has a, a massive impact on the quality of sleep as well. And again, you know, some of the watches are not that accurate in doing it. Um, some of the devices, uh, I wear a whoop band, are very, very accurate and they can predict, you know, how, how much REM, how much shortwave sleep you've had. So, so sleep is a big one and it's free. So, you know, what I would say, the hours that some of you are going to be training, getting some good quality and quantity of sleep. I mean, I typically try to get 10 hours of sleep every night. So I'll be going to bed after this call because <laughs> I'll be up at five o'clock um, training tomorrow morning. 10 hours, I can only dream of 10 hours. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it takes a while it takes a while but once you're disciplined it, it's once your circadian rhythm has actually got into a cycle believe me you're falling asleep your eyes are actually uh you know shutting by by about more well, for me it's about half seven eight o'clock at the latest um Do you know scott, scott just said to me why does tony have these meetings at dinner time like well he goes to bed at half past six seven o'clock <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it <laughs> That's exactly it. That's why I can't swim on a Wednesday night, Helen, because I'll be falling asleep after the warm-up. <laughs> um, so and another one is nutrition. And, and this is really what to eat and when to eat it. So um, I've played around with this continuous glucose monitors. I've, I've had, you know, nutrition analysts measure uh, my thing, and then I've been looking at my sleep quality. And what, what's quite surprising here is, a um, couple of little tricks that I've found that work for me and, and, you know, 
might not work for you, but give them a go is I try to have my last meal two hours before I go to bed because that also impacts your sleep, sleep quality. Because you think about your, your body's recovering and repairing when you sleep. That's when the goodness happens. That's when the magic happens. It's not when you're straining your body. It's when you're actually repairing the body. Yeah. So if your body and your nervous system and all that, that energy is digesting food, that, that, mm. that can't go to repair your muscles. Yeah. So try not to eat too late in, in, uh, in, in, yeah, before going to bed, if you can. Um, the other thing that I, um, I, I, I've, I've been doing for about a year now is I try not to have my, I try to have at least 12 hours before my last meal and then my, my first meal. So if I'm going to bed, you know, I have, I have five o'clock. Yeah. So, so that's easy to do because I go to bed early. Yeah. So I can have a breakfast at seven or eight and you're giving the gut a bit of a time to, to relax. And again, you'll, you'll see that have a big impact on your HIV score because actually you're using that overnight to really generate um, and replenish the body. And, and there are some other things that are going on that are, that are more technical. We can do it for other topics, which is around, you know, um, uh, improving uh, human growth hormone, uh, reduce, you know, for, for guys as they get older, it actually uh, will increase testosterone levels. And then if you go beyond 12 hours, you get into this state of autophagy, which is actually when the, the cells in the body start to rejuvenate themselves. So it can also help with the anti-aging effects. Um, so, so, so sleep and nutrition, I found are the two biggest ones. If you can, if you can look at that and then what to eat, you know, again, you know, obvious things, you know, you know, as much raw, unrefined, unprocessed things as you can eat clean um, and, and try, you know, if you're going to have big, heavy carbohydrate based meals, Try to have those, you know, middle of the day, not too late in the evening, because again, they'll take time. Now, obviously, it depends around your training. If you've got a lot of high intensity, if you do a lot of your high intensity sessions of an evening, you need to be fueled for those sessions. But but try to have, you know, you know, smaller meals closer to to to, to evening. Again, it means you've got less um, to 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 digest over overnight. Um, if you do need you know, a bit of a kick to get you through the night, if you find hunger, then you know, a little sliver of, black, of uh, dark chocolate, I find, is a quite nice way. It keeps the glucose levels quite, quite level. You don't get a spike and, and you don't wake up middle of the night you know, going down to the fridge and, and uh, raiding the larder, so to speak. Uh, I won't go through all of these. I think some of the, the, the other two that I think just be aware of, alcohol. Um, now, you know, it's all nice to have a, a drink to, to relax. Um, it... If you have more than one glass, um, it can have a big effect on on your recovery score. So you know, just be sensible around that. You know, if you've got a big session, uh, you know, on a Sunday, don't go out and party too hard on Saturday night. You know, just be be careful. And then caffeine. Well, I think caffeine is we can use caffeine as a performance enhancer. It really does affect the sleep. So again, I try not to have caffeine after midday because it takes it, it. It's got a sort of a uh, a sort of decay it can take about seven to eight hours to get out of your body so if you're having you know a late dinner in a nice restaurant you have that double espresso shot don't be too surprised if your sleep quality is not as as good as it as it as it could be and the others are i think are fairly obvious uh, exercise will actually increase your heart rate variability so if we're doing the right dosage and we're getting the right effects that's actually a good thing sometimes if you're not trained for a bit and you spend a week off i mean i I didn't train when I went skiing for a week and my heart rate variability just dropped. 
So my body's obviously got used to a certain level of um, of training. But sometimes, you know, it's nice to get a bit of bit of you know headspace and 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 training in a slightly different way. And you know, I found skiing a lot easier because I was skiing very 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 easily. Any anyone got any other experiences of things that they've sort of really sort of noticed that's affected over their their mood or they've really sort of struggled the next day? Oh, try sleeping if you're a menopausal woman. That's all I would say. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that is, I mean, that is a really good point. I mean, you know, temperature <laughs> fluctuation, hydration, yeah. And, and and the thing is, you've got to sort of think about those things. You know, if you've had a really bad night's sleep, and I'll come to the, 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 the next slide now, is, you know, you need to be smart because you know your body's better than anyone else, yeah? So, you know, uh, we covered some of these things last time, but but I'll just replay this Um those who weren't on the on the call but but this is really looking at workout intensities across uh, whether it's pace or power or perceived effort and then we've got recovery on the on the vertical and and you know as we look at the intensities as they increase we want to be green is really we're fully recovered we've got a high hrv we we really feel like ready to train when we wake up our, our mood is high we haven't got any muscle soreness brilliant go for it yeah if on the other hand that you wake up and you go oh yeah i feel really really rough you know i've not slept you know cats woken me up at 4am again you know and you've got a high intensity session you know change it you know um it's okay to adapt the training ping me if you want me to change it and you know turn that hit into just an easy spin um there will be times where you just fancy it and it's okay to miss a session yeah i i did it this week yeah, I felt really bad on uh, Thursday. I had high-intensity sessions with a run off the bike. My HRV was low. was in the red. Didn't do it. Took a day off. Following day, I was high amber, nearly green. And I had, you know, great four hours training today. Some nice sessions yesterday. So the sessions that I've done by having that day off, I've actually achieved the objective that my coach set wow. me for those sessions. So, so just be aware of why we're doing what we're doing. And if you don't feel as if you're ready to execute, then let me know and we'll adapt it, yeah? Because, as you said, there'll be hormonal things going on for, for, for the lady of a certain age. There'll be testosterone things going on for us guys. There'll be work, there'll be kids, there'll be illness. Uh, you may have just come back from Florida and just really didn't fancy. So I don't know. I don't see all of that. Um, uh, but but you need to you know adapt the training to fit fit your your mood and your your lifestyle. Yeah, does that does that sort of make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm just going to give you the last one. Just give you a um, I'll just give you a couple of uh, pointers of of how we can measure this in uh, in, in the real world, so we, oh, we can sort of can apply it. So going back to that analogy of load, stress, and strain. There are many other ways, but I'm just going to give you some basic ones. Yeah. So, so everything that we prescribe you in training peaks has a training stress score. You've probably seen it um, in, 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 in the workouts when you finish it, it will have, you know, RT, TSS or RHTSS. In essence, what that is, it's an estimate that training peaks use of the load plus the duration yeah 
And I'll give you, you know, an example of the mechanics. So let's say you've got a functional threshold power on the bike of 100 and you go off and you ride at 100 watts for one hour, you'll get a TSS of 100, yeah? If you go and ride at 100 for two hours, you'll get a training stress for, of 200, yep. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The formulas are slightly different for the different events. You always see that uh, swimming is very low, if at all, because uh, it's very, you know, it, it, you know so you, we need to find other ways of doing that through perceived effort. And running, it uses 111 because you've got, um, you've got more stress on the body. Um, so it looks and um, builds in some of those things. But what it won't take account is like muscle soreness. So I, I, I'll get to perceived effort in a minute. In a minute. And, and what, I, what I do um, over the four weeks is I prescribe your training so that we should be increasing TSS week on week at a, a ramp rate that you should be able to sustain if you're finishing the sessions if you're giving me the feedback in training peaks and say, yeah, that was tough, but I managed to do it. Um, and then the fourth week, we should be sort of reducing the, 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 the TSS. And it's that fourth week that um, you're, you're recovering. Yeah. So in that fourth week, if I've given you less in training peak, but you go, oh, I'm going to cycle to work in a headwind, or I'm going to go off and do a Zwift race, or I'm going to walk the dog for five hours, just be aware that that will add stress um, and it may be that you're not recovering enough. So I can sort of see that month on month, but we need to obviously work in partnership to make sure that, that there, if you just don't feel like training that, that day or you say, look, look I'm really gubbed, um, let's have a conversation and we can adjust it, yeah? So stress, the, there are loads of ways we can measure stress with heart rate monitors and things like that. The, the best one and the simplest one is rate of perceived exertion. Um, and, and this is, you know, how hard is it on a one to 10 scale? And, you know, just, just be wary if you're going out and you're going, well, actually, if it's, a, if it's an easy recovery endurance ride, it should probably only be about, you know, three. If you're up at eight or nine, um, you're probably pushing it a little bit. Um, I, know, I know some of you, <laughs> no, no names, struggle to do the slow running. Yeah, struggle to do the easy biking, but just be wary that the, the, the more harder you'll go, you're, you're actually just putting more stress. So, so just be smart, yeah? This is to give you some of the insights, some of the, the tools, some of the frameworks so that you can, you can, you can gauge your, your, own, your own effort. And then the last one, which is, which is strain. Again, we can look at um, other factors, but, but heart rate variability is really the, the it's becoming now a, a good gold standard for looking at that autonomic um, nervous system and it's only going to get better so a lot now the the newer apple watches the optical heart rate sensors are getting better um, there's more you know tech that's coming on so so again you know um, if you're interested go and have a look at that because once you start training around hrv recovering with hrv you'll never go back it is a real game changer i found it, it, it it's very very powerful that's i think all i wanted to cover any observations any questions i know i've just got to say that i know i am the world's worst guilty one for you know if i think if i see oh tony's just put me in for 
an easy or a, just a half hour walk run, oh, I can do something else, then I'll cycle to work, which then turns into flipping gale force winds and stuff. And, you know, and it's it's totally defeating the purpose of having that easier day. So that's it's certainly something that I'm, I'm going to do from now on. Yeah, because I think at the moment, a lot of you are doing sort of base endurance uh, and then we're doing some hit stuff, but that's all getting you ready. You've not started race intensity stuff yet. So when we start getting into race specific, the intensity ramps up, the duration ramps up. And, and what we've been doing is making sure we get a ramp rate so that we're just building, 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 building. So that on race day, you should be fit enough but also you know uh recovered enough that you can really push it push yourself if you're yeah. overtrained on race day you you just won't perform so you yeah. know uh it, it's a bit of science a bit of art just gotta we're just gonna we're just gonna watch it yeah and yeah. and and your perception of how you feel when you're ready to train your mood is just as good as measuring your, your hrv in that in that morning so so just just listen to your body so gal did you have a question as well no, I just wanted to know what was that app that you were talking yeah. about for the, yeah, so the heart rate variability? Yeah, so it's a it's an app called HRV four, the number four mm. training. Um, you'll be able to get it on the iOS or the Google Play Store. I think it's six seven pounds. It, it's 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 very good, and the accuracy of the the new cameras now. Um, and the optical sensors. I've compared it to my. I, I wear. I wear one of these sort of Whoop bands. It's it's as accurate nearly as as as, as Whoop. Okay, great, thanks. I will say as well. You know, I think I've I've found myself sometimes just going to bed earlier just to actually stop me eating as well because I know I would just eat rubbish. So I'll end up there. Oh, I'm going to my bed. <laughs> <laughs> not being tired so a lot of the times but sometimes i just think it's the better option rather than me just eating crap basically is that, is that where a bag of crisps <laughs> <laughs> Anything? yeah now the thing is you will you know because you're the calories you're burning you will need to fuel yeah so i'm more worried that that you guys are not going to be eating enough not you know so it's about you know make sure that you're fueling properly you don't need to worry about calories. It's more around, is it good quality nutritional food that's actually going to help uh, either fuel you for a session or help that, that you know, with that repair process? And, and what you eat, if you eat a lot of junk food, it will have an inflammation effect. So, you know, uh, if you can eat, you know, you know, as clean as possible across all the macros, you know, protein, carbohydrates, fat, uh, make sure you're getting all your minerals and your, your goodness from your greens and that. It's just, you know, your body, you're, you're putting your body under a lot of stress, a lot of strain. So you do need to replenish that as well um, through your, your diet and, and obviously hydration. I have a quick one, Tony, just before. Um, obviously, I quite often end up training later in the evening um, just because of the kids and, and by the time I get back from work and all that kind of stuff. Am I better to try and eat earlier and then only just eat a tiny bit after that and then get to bed as soon as possible. What like what's the the like I'm never gonna get to bed two hours after I've eaten if I've eaten at like, you know, 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. So it's kind of like there's a balance, I guess, to be found in in all of that. Like particularly, yeah. you know, the Wednesday swim sessions for everyone that goes to them, it's kind of a similar sort of thing. Yeah, like, so so you're 
if you're doing high intensity stuff, so some of the swim sessions can be quite, quite, you need to be fueled enough for that. So you will need to have some carbohydrates. Uh, and then after um, getting something in you quite quickly after the, the event uh, to start that recovery process. So you can get these protein shakes uh, to yeah. start that sort of muscular stuff. Um, you, you can also get these uh, carbohydrate mixes as well. So you can get something in there. So, you know, just play around because, Again, you know, I'm an early person, right? So I'm a skylar. I'm I'm a lark. If you're a night owl, some people, I, I, you know, some people find it difficult to go to bed early, you know. And if you've got to get out for work, so so you know, what works for me may not work for you, but but just try not to have a massive meal too late because it will affect your body. But equally, don't go into those sessions under yeah. under fueled. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, taking a bar. It's hard in the swim because you can't actually eat during the sets you know um you know i know some people have got sports drinks they they put there so just play around with it and see see, yeah. see see what works for you um but there are a load of sports products now that you can get in quite quickly straight after exercise that will start that 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 recovery process fine nope. thank you Tony. Cheers, thank you for attending i know it's late and sunday and you all had busy training day so i do appreciate it and uh get some rest get some recovery in and um, we'll, well, see you, see you soon.